and welcome to the Dad and Sons Podcast, your number zero source for video gaming news, views, discussion, and audience participation shenanigan. My name is George, the G-Man Gaylor, and I'm joined by our esteemed co-host. First up is the award-winning ice noodler, Liam Edwards. Here is my contractually obligated hello. And we also have the first ever second place winner of Crazy Tim's Treasure Trove of Games Dive Kicked Invitational, brought to you by Crystal Tagline, Stupid Good, Matt Visual. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I is here. So, so I want to uh, bring us in with with the very top, very unconventional topic that I think um, might help start us off with some some intensity this 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 Tuesday morning. A, a shocking, controversial, I- explicit, and scandalous topic of sex robots. I knew it would this day would come and I knew it'd be you. So over over the past weekend and we've only had a weekend. We're we're recording on a Tuesday after previously recording on a Friday. So uh our our small talk that we go through with this podcast might be uh, particularly shorter than usual, which 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 le- leads me to to scraping the bottom of a crusty, moldy, rancid barrel for a topic like Just this. Like a- a sex robot vagina. Yeah, sex sex robots. I I watched. Oh, gross, Liam. I watched a documentary over this weekend. Wow, that took you a while. Yeah, I watched a documentary over this weekend. It was like a BuzzFeed news sort of production on uh, Netflix with the lady friend, and it was about uh uh sex robots and, and apparently how how real doll is is making an animated dismembered head you can stick on top of your real doll they interviewed uh someone who was a sex doll connoisseur who had a house with like a lineup of them hanging on hooks so creepy and he described his relationship with the dolls as something that involves Honesty. That, 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 that there was a honesty in this relationship between him and an inanimate object mass-produced by a factory that, yeah, that was the whole thing that weirds me out about it. He said that, that in human relationships, people are inherently dishonest to one another and don't trust one another and hide things from one another. And, and that when, when he's talking to an AI algorithm sex robot doll, it's somehow a more honest relationship wait so these robots actually respond to him he has like super high-end yeah yeah there's there's latex (laughs) there's this wonderful scene where the sex robot which at this point isn't screwed on top of anybody it's just like a dismembered head that that looks at the anonymous fan who they uh diligently try to blur and anonymize as much as possible the sex robot is like I love you, Tim, but you're going to have to work a little harder than that to uh, uh, get what you want tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like kind of a weird, coquettish tease that the robot gave him. And then it cuts back to him. And he's just like, oh, yeah, this is all right. I see this is a more honest relationship than what I what, what I have attempted with, with, with real human women. Wait, wait, wait. So, as in, he's never had a relationship with a human woman before. So, he thinks of human women as, as sex objects, basically. 
people to have sex with. He human. thinks that deceit is a natural part of the relationship, which I don't know if this means that, that people who would be really into sex robots are people who wouldn't have relationships so much as maybe people who have shitty relationships and think that that's normal. Uh, it sounds like someone who doesn't know what a relationship is. Yeah. Right, that was what was, like, shocking to me, was that, like, the unpredictability of humans is what makes them so special. If you can eventually get used to the routine, then, then, if you can actually make accurate predictions for what a unique, unpredictable personality do, then that's not an honest human relationship at all. That, I get that it's an AI, but that sex robot doesn't love you. That sex robot is saying canned lines that, that are churned out of a, a narrow range of possibilities that a script writer in San Francisco who might not get paid enough made. Wow. He needs to watch her. Yeah. Good film. Yeah, it's a good film, man. I heard that the, 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 the outcomes of that movie don't end well for anyone, including what do you, what do you society. Mean? Of course it does. I thought, okay, so yeah, I guess I have to, to admit that I'm operating under the assumptions here because I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> wow. But I think... The, the, the information... Just <laughs> yeah, it filters into my brain and turns into the world's stupidest game of telephone. Oh my god. Oh my god, you were just about to give the audience wrong information. That's that's terrible. Too yeah, much. yeah, I'm backing out here. So so <laughs> just like we did last week. Whoops. Wait, wait, what? Don't don't worry about it, Matt. Don't like worry. I said don't last worry. week, I edit this to make us sound smarter and faster. Wait, wait, what? What happened last week? <laughs> None of us had played the uh the Nintendo sixty four game Blast Gore. Oh, okay, oh, okay, that. You're talking about the great Blastcorp bamboozle of 2018. <laughs> he got us good. I was actually, like, on a track there. Like, I yeah, had I thought... Yeah, I remember you saying Body Harvest, and I was like, that game, this yeah. game is nothing like Body Harvest. It's kind of like Body Harvest. Like, no, it's kind of like Blastcorp. The, the, like, draw distance, <laughs> they kind of look a little similar in a way. No, it's kind of like Blastcore, and we I, were totally rused. We were oh bamboozled. I, I, I think that, that that tells us we probably should just hang it up. Just hang, just hang up the, the dad den. Just hang it up. Because that essentially turned it into the last game <laughs> the, where you just go down the list of things that sound like a game you've played and don't remember that game you played that one time when you were eight years old in 1999. Fair, we all rejected it, so it wasn't like we'd invested in a complete copyright infringement. We did all turn it down. I think we're, I think we're safe for now. I wonder how much it costed to make Blast Corps, because that... That was a fifty Certainly million. Not the fifty yeah, million. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in nineteen ninety seven money. <laughs> I almost want to like interview someone from Rare and ask how much it cost. So, uh, I've uh, been been playing some video games besides watching documentaries on Netflix about sex robots. What have you guys been up to? I have a Netflix no chill segment. I don't want to steal Matt's thunder. Mine's more oh. like Netflix and lonely, unlike sexy Matt over there. Wait, 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 wait. 
you you have a lady friend. What do you mean Netflix <laughs> no chill? Or a lady Netflix friend who lives two what? hours away from me. Uh, I know the struggle, my friend. I um, want to watch Netflix and chill. But I did watch, <laughs> I did watch Netflix alone because I had to watch the, the new Castlevania season two because I really enjoyed they, the first are, one. I mean, aren't the walls thin enough that you're literally watching it with <laughs> oh everyone God. in your <laughs> Speaking of, the guy who lives above me came home drunk the other day at like 2 a.m. while I was watching said Castlevania. And he's never made noise particularly loud before. But that evening, I don't know whether he'd like taken up like line dancing or something because that fucker was making noise and he was ruining my Dracula consumption. <laughs> That's Asshole. such an incredibly specific complaint. Well, he was very loud. But I mean, maybe yeah. he was doing what you could not. Maybe no, no. He he seemed <laughs> like he was he seemed like he was pretty fucking whiskey dicked. That's for sure. <laughs> that guy was wasted. How would you know? Because he he was wasted. Were you like listening for his dick flap noises or something? How can you tell with your ears? Oh, George! You said whiskey dick. Usually we keep that for the end. Yeah, no one took it that far, George. You did. You brought. (laughs) As Matt said, you can hear everything in Japanese apartments. Yes. So uh, I didn't know dicks had flaps, though. But um, okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm just I imagining mean, we, we how started Liam we started deduced with his ears that this guy's all got all whiskey dicked that night. That's. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm just. A, no. 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 Matt said that I could probably hear mm, that. I mm. said he seemed so drunk that he probably would have been whiskey dicked. I. I remember you wording that a little differently there. Let, let's. Let's. Yeah, let's, let's not let's, dive could, too much into this. Yeah, yeah let's, we've let's, gone let's, from let's sex on, robots to this. this. I was trying to talk about Castlevania. It's your fault, George. Mm, mm, mm. I apologize. I was just Matt sink talking in the about background. thin walls. <laughs> thin walls. I mean, the, the, this segment's called Netflix and Chill. Netflix and Whiskey Dick. Maybe I don't know. Oh no! Come on! <laughs> come on! <laughs> Speaking of Castlevania, then, I really like season one. Did it? it? Sucks. Did, you, oh, okay. did either of you guys watch it? <laughs> of course. Season two uh, sucks. Yeah, it's kind of boring, isn't it? It's so, like, have you watched all of the episodes so far? No, I, I watched about three. So I pulled it. I polished it off. I finished it today. There is one singular good episode that whole season, and you are a hundred percent right. It's so boring. You like, <laughs> it's like so I was watching boring. And I was like, man, where's the, where's the intrigue? Where's the 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 action? Where's not the, even that. Oh, like, Jesus. where's Trevor Belmont? Where's Alucard? Why am I watching five episodes of four vampires I don't know anything about talking in a dark hall for five episodes about nothing? Like they're supposed to be going to war or at war or whatever, and they're just talking about nothing for five episodes. What happened? Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, there were too, too much backstory about them. They should have spread that out, cut it, cut the fat a little bit. It wasn't even like any backstory about them at all. It was like this. This well, guy there was Gumbrand. backstory about the humans, right? Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. There was this backstory about Isaac and Hector, and that's it. Mm. Um, 
understandably because they play a major role. But like compared to that, like the 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 emotional high of the series is meant to be about Dracula and Alucard, and like you learn nothing about their wow. relationship as father and son. They built the that up, series. though. They, that was like a, a, a season-end banger for season one. Yeah. And then, like, Alucard's, you know, Alucard's fucking amazing. Alucard's one of the best Castlevania characters, yet they, fight, they one, don't use him enough in this series, and two, like, they have all this character development for all these vampires and humans that nobody fucking knows about, and yet they have nothing, no, like, flashbacks to, like, childhood of, like, Alucard growing up with Dracula and how, like, Dracula's taught him to build up Seriously? to the emotional high of the series and yeah that's it there's nothing. The, nothing the, so like that whole part where he was mentioning like his mother and and how literally. they both went separate ways yep blah, blah. literally nothing none of that i thought no i flashbacks. was gonna get to that bit nope 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 you get like not, a little bit writing though that's not oh my god you can't and hint at something like that and just not bring it to fruition yeah. that's 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 really weird and I don't know about you, Matt, or how you felt about this season compared to the first one, because the first one was incredibly promising and enjoyable at the time. Yeah. But, like, the writing is so stiff and weird at times. Mm-hmm. And combine that with the laziest animation. Yeah, compared to the first one, yeah. I was wondering, I was like, why, what happened to all the frames? They're cutting out all yeah. the frames. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's one, like, I don't know if you, the, the there's a scene, like, when they go to like the Belmont Manor or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a scene when Trevor is talking with the girl. I forget her name, and there is one frame just where his face looks so fucked up. Like he turns his neck <laughs> and he has like almost. He looks like you know he has like that scraggly drawn-on beard that looks like Homer Simpson hair. Oh on his face. no! <laughs> They're doing the soup Dragon Ball Super thing. Yeah, yeah, but there's like one pause where he reels his neck, and it looks so off to me that I rewinded it and paused it on the exact frame, and he looks like Shaggy. He looks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Did you post that? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find it, but oh my god, it made me laugh. Oh my god. So hard for a good five minutes, made me laugh. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it is so ridiculous. I can't... Like, I'm just so disappointed. S- episode 7, for anyone who's watched it, Episode 7, it's worth sticking around just to watch Episode 7. That's where all the animation budget went. That's where all the cool action is. That's when Alucard gets his moment. It's worth watching for that. He's but, like Sephiroth, you know? Especially that scene I, in Episode 2 when he was, like, standing and fighting for the first time in the season. It's like, oh, snap, he got the long yeah. sword and everything. Oh man, he's in episode seven. He gets to do some cool shit, and it's uh, it's awesome. It's now a little. We don't get to see Dracula die. Bit of a, a, a mm. disappointment to hear that they didn't do a great follow up with the first one. Like the first one, I think we were talking earlier about how few great game to video adaptations there have been, and I think the first yeah. one was regarded as like the yeah, first, the first was so really promising. solid one. I I saw a lot of people saying this was awesome, and I'm like. Oh, I'm super excited to watch it then. And then, like, what? I, w- f- I wouldn't say <laughs> it's bad. It's just boring. It is boring. But that's the thing is, but I only it's ultimately massively disappointing. Yeah. It, if you like, enjoyed it's the only, first one, it's only eight episodes good. long, and five of those episodes mostly take place in Castlevania and are just people talking and not even like 
intricate Game of Thrones-esque planning, like it's meant to assume what they're all doing. It's so mundane. Yeah, it, and you know what's missing? That priest guy. That priest guy is missing, man. A good, a good psychotic priest. He was yeah. just like, I. there's nothing, <laughs> I don't know, there's something that tickles me um, when there's like a psychotic priest, you know, saying that, Oh yes, this is God's way, and blah blah blah. And you just, the animation is just him, just with his eyes twisted and stuff. You could tell, like he's like, no, he doesn't believe in God. This is for his own thing. And you just see him do some like horrible stuff. Like there's something satisfying about seeing him, you know, get killed or something like that. But but we don't have that anymore. We don't have that. Uh, yeah. That that intense like oh man I want to see this guy die I want to see this guy die this guy's twist they travel they travel all over the place and and stuff in the first season like Trevor gets around he gets into some fights and all this kind of stuff happens and then in season two it just takes place in like two places that's it inside the castle inside the Belmont home and then that's it apart from like a few little bits here and there they were trying to probably cram a lot of different stories and they had to cut some stuff and. That's probably what happened. Oh, I found it. 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 I found I found okay. the image. Okay. okay. I found it. I can't believe that, like, this is the... I'm waiting. This is the... St- I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> is this is this the Homer Simpson smear? Pro- Discord, come on. No, it's more like the, 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 the Shaggy. Uh, Trevor Belmont turning into Shaggy. It's... Um, come on. I'm bringing, I'm bringing it. it. Trevor... Shaggy. I believe in you. For those wondering, this is just as suspenseful to us as it is you. Yeah, this is real time. <laughs> You're happening, not gonna right? cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> we're in we're in for the wait. We're having a shared experience with the listeners. No, this is this is, it's coming. It's it's incoming right now, uploading to Discord. <laughs> I'm at the edge of my seat here. This this is You better look like Shaggy. Oh, a, yeah. Uh, I mean it I doesn't can, look bad. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting something like really bad. Oh come on, look at that! In, it's like, not glaringly obvious. No, because I cropped it compared to like what the rest of the scene of everything that's going around him. It's like pretty fucking bad. I can't go frame by frame in VLC, so I'm trying to. But that just that whole stint of animation epitomizes how awful some of the animation can be at times. But if they're just standing around talking, how complicated could it have gotten? Yeah, you'd oh. think that, but because of how writing, how stiff the writing can be sometimes, it just like all connects together to be okay. But that was a disappointment. But there you go. So I don't have a section. I usually like talking about <laughs> real things. So for like, I'm gonna ask a question, and I want to oh. hear your guys' opinion. <laughs> oh okay? shit. Okay. It, okay. it's, it's, it's relatable sort of to the podcast. No, it isn't. Not necessarily okay. for games. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> say you meet the lady friend. How do you tell them about the podcast? Oh, I no. do a podcast. All right, how do you? And they ask, like, mm. what is it about? Like, what do you like? All this. Like, how do you describe dad and sons? <laughs> and do you just avoid it you know entirely um, <laughs> because it's easier that way <laughs> I can't I'm trying to think back on 
on when she found out and how that conversation went. Yeah, I I asked you that when is when you guys started dating. Yeah, I well, and you just told me that you just showed her. Yeah, I think. But you you had the confidence to show her your nerdy stuff. <laughs> well, well, yeah. This she's 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 into weird internet stuff by default. But I think the other thing is is that I I very luckily didn't have to because we started dating before the podcast. Ah, oh. clever. But, I mean, you still had to share that you were on YouTube and stuff. Though. Oh, 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 yeah. Which, which, which at is the kind time, of the same ish thing. It was, it was not as hard back then as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did as fuck. It was before Logan Paul. I mean, oh. So, what is your opinion, uh, Liam? Uh, I can't. I can't remember how it went down. I think I, I think, my lady friend asked me what I was doing one evening, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a recording," and and she was like, "You know, a recording of what?" And I was like, "Oh, do you know what you know? Do you know what podcasts are? Um, you know, in Japan, podcasts are not that popular. They're not mm-hmm. really a huge thing right now. YouTube is massive in Japan, like." You think YouTube culture is crazy in the West, but in Japan, it's like what every fucking kid wants to be these days. Um, oh, no. It's yeah. all downhill from here. Oh, yeah. It's all downhill for Japan. This is how the world ends, not with the winter, but with the like, oh, comment, my subscribe. God. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, like a podcast. And obviously, Ron speaks incredible English. And so she was like, Oh yeah, you know, I listened, I've listened to podcasts in the past and stuff. I, I don't listen. Really. I was like, Oh yeah. I, you know, I record one with my friends and she was like, Oh, you know, is it like about video games? Cause she knows obviously I used to work in video games. I was like, yeah, you know, I talk with two really good friends about video games and you know, we have quite a, quite a, a good amount of listeners to keep it going. Trying to, un- trying to basically underplay it. That is like a, a not very serious thing for her to investigate about. Immediately, she comes back to me the next day and she's like, "Oh, I listened to the podcast." Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" Did she correct you about details you got wrong regarding HDR TVs? No, but she was super intrigued. She was intrigued as to why we called it Dad and Sons. Yes, and I basically just said. I came up with it after George had a meme about a dad squad. And I said, why don't we just call ourselves dad and sons? And it stuck. And now I have to explain this. Is that how it happened? I can't even remember how it happened. Yeah, like George had the what? I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show about how we came up with it. Uh, George, you had like... All I remember is George had, like, a, a a dad squad or something. Me and my, like, Rainbow Six friends had, had the weird inside joke. Yeah, because George was always asking me to play a game online with him. After we were talking about Siege and I was saying I was interested in playing, he was like, yeah, you should come join the dad squad. And every time we talked about it, he would say, come join the dad squad. And I was like, what the fuck is this dad squad? So when we started thinking about ideas for a podcast, the only one I could think of was Dad and Sons. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think Matt. Time. I think you didn't care, and George was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's how it stuck." I I loved it. Matt was was suggesting the the Sanford and Sons. Yeah. No. 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 no, no. I I was saying it's like Stanford and Sons, and then and then we should make a 
a theme yeah, song like a theme based song on Stanford and Sons. because I grew so we, up with Stanford and Sons and and watching uh, um, damn what's the good times you know yeah. and all that oh yeah so, that was what happened we were talking about that for like days mm-hmm. we were talking about how funny it would be to be like to a have family like to be a podcast family thing back, back like them and we were immediately like what if we can just get the Sanford and Sons theme made like a video game thing? yeah and now no one can figure out what the hell it's all about. <laughs> all Still, the onions are like, what is to this? It's good to know, though, that, that that initial history hooks people uh, uh, at the very start. I mean, that's really, really what what they tried to, to teach you to do in, in, in journalism school and writing school and, 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 and literature novel classes. You want to hook the, the listener, yep. the consumer of your product in the very beginning, and it's good to know that's happening without even having to listen to this yeah. crap. And you all fell for it. We now just wait, now it. We've, we've gotten distracted. We've gotten yeah. distracted. Wait, I was going to say, I was gonna say Matt, you could just open up and be like, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what's more embarrassing, so I'm just going to say I'm part of a cult. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like a Matt part, thing I'm to say. I'm part of a cult. <laughs> okay, never mind. Now we ran off. <laughs> Which one's Actually, less it's still in my realm. It's still in my realm. Yeah. <laughs> every every Tuesday morning, I have meetings with my cult. <laughs> People like online call idea. me dad. Some might say that's might a high ranking. This. That's a high ranking membership. But but assure her that it's actually a a very profitable, lucrative, multi level marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soon. What, what, what good is a cult without like tithings? You know, you and gotta s- selling knives. Gotta pay it's the not bills. A pyramid scheme. <laughs> Wait, so did I tell you guys about how I almost got roped into the Cutco knife selling? I thought you were gonna say a cult, Cutco? and I was gonna be like, "That's so George." Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Really, really hardcore salespeople who have to convince even themselves of how. <laughs> how intensely awesome the product they want to sell is does kind of strike me as a little bit of a a sort of culty behavior like a mass shared delusion yeah like those avon beauty people they're all all convincing themselves of some ridiculous bullshit and over the years it gradually becomes okay and part of their lifestyle yeah yeah it's it's uh being in sales if anyone's been been in sales and you have to sell them like all sorts of extra things. That's what happens to you. You know, you, 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 you try to, to create a, a need, a want. Um, you know, um, a, a value, demand. a value. Yeah, to the thing that you're selling. Um, and sometimes it's it's a good thing. Um, you know what you're selling, but sometimes it's just like some people just don't need the extra stuff. But you sell it anyway, right? Yeah, I never need the extra stuff. So that that's that's kind of what happens when you're in sales. <laughs> you just have to you have to believe it. If not, then you might go a little crazy or insane. And some people, uh, you know, who who don't really care or, or think about other people, they tend to just not care and they sell anyway <laughs> and weasels people's wallets. You know, just 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 just. Taking a hand, sniffs around in there, going right in your back pocket and pulling out a 
so few extra dollars. How are you going to weasel your way into not getting embarrassed about admitting to a lady friend? See, what I'm scared of is her going ham and listening to all the podcasts. And I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, that's what Ron did. And I was oh, like. Oh, God. She listened to all of them? All well, of she them? didn't listen to all of them. No, but she listened but to enough. maybe like around the time she listened to. A, f- a few of the not all like all the way through because obviously to her she doesn't really play video games and she has no fucking idea what we're talking about it was more about like the intrigue to see who this person she was dating was and yeah. if he's part of a cult and also a crazy oh salesman. god I passed that test luckily it's, it um, I I try not to have versions of myself I tend to be myself everywhere I go so yeah, hopefully there too. isn't a trend like like oh my god this is this it's more like oh this is all this other stuff he does you know so if it just being yeah like, like yeah who is the Matt that's here today is it <laughs> yeah the yeah podcast <laughs> Matt or is it the YouTube Matt is it the I played Guild Wars for a living Matt or is it oh the- my gosh it keeps coming <laughs> up like every you couple never months just gotta bring it back huh yep yep <laughs> it's because I saw a picture today. Of you, I, I won't tell you why. I saw a picture of you interviewing someone about Guild Wars, and that that it just stuck. It has me. to be Colin Johansson. Yeah, I think it, it has was. to be. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the famous picture, and it, it you have people killer, put my killer, face onto his face. Killer Afro there as well. Huh? You have a killer Afro in this photo. Oh, yeah, yeah. B- back in the days when I had hair. I mean, I still. To be fair, now you look like the black Max Payne, and it's pretty badass. (laughs) Look in the mirror. Black Payne. I'm depressed. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't really have. I all you can do is uh, hope. Hope. hope she doesn't say, man, you're a Ooh. fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's definitely going to say that. You're gonna be like, well, I already you're told her. I'm very nerd, honest. So, like, but you're not I, I, as much as a nerd as the other two dweebs. But then again, but then again, you are the one who plays D&D. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. If she listens to this one... <laughs> Dude, me, me saying you play D&D ain't going to save you. You've just spent like the past six episodes talking about it nonstop. It's either Pony or Poe of Exiles. She might, she might just listen to this one and, and be like, oh, sad. You know, she might be satisfied with this one. Yeah, so she, I'm might just be boot- she actually might be booting up her Path of Exile file right now in secret. Her secret um, guilty pleasure playing Path of Exile and no, adding no your pony character as we speak. So what what I think I've generally found and noticed over the years is that when revealing my my profession to to <laughs> the dated over the past th- three to five years, there actually is like like some respect and admiration for for taking the, the dorky dweeby hobby of video games. And turning it into something. Yeah, like yeah. like making a product you can hey, sell with it. Hey, to be fair, like you bring up a good point, and this goes out to everyone who listens to the show. If you're dating someone who doesn't 
care about the things you're into and uh, can't take what you appreciate seriously and is not supportive of things you're passionate about, you're not dating a right the good a right person anyway. Very true. And that's 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 super important. You're not gonna mm-hmm. have. You, you don't want that separation there. You don't. You don't. It's gonna only cause more problems down the line. Yeah. So I will admit, although when Ran first started listening to the podcast. It was scary and weird because how do you explain it? But she did it because she wanted to, you know, see who I was also, but also because she was interested in who I am and she wanted to, you know, support me. And she still listens to the show now and again because she knows it's something that's super important to me and what I do. So that's the kind of thing that you want out of it. Whoever the algorithm happened to hook me up with for the past two, three years have generally been pretty supportive and chill about it. Yeah, George, your lady friend always helps you stream and all, and is always there to help with that kind of stuff. So it only adds more weight the, to the, the Matt. Tinder. You're just going to be super honest, I think. The OkCupid, okay the, the Bumble, the... <laughs> Bumble, what's that one? <laughs> oh, plenty of fish. There's tons. I remember of them. plenty of fish. Of that was the like kind of weird, cheap, trashy looking alternative. Yeah, I. Is Bumble the I, one where the women choose the men? Yes. Uh, yeah. I I was learning all this and like I don't know if I want to try any of these, and then I so I just went out and just talked to people and. Are you a daughter? Are you worthy enough of our Matt? Send oh, us an email. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's keep personal whoa, and whoa. professional lives separate. Whoa. We don't we don't want him to have an airport girl incident, right? Oh my god. That's, remember that? Bring it yeah. up, George. There's you? like w- like two girls that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm oh. sure there's more than two. It's the, this it's it's called Dad and Sons. <laughs> I worry about that. There's like one girl who tweets at us saying, oh, it's dad and sons. What, what happened to the daughters? <laughs> that was Aubrey. And Aubrey's great. So <laughs> Yeah, she is. Wait, yeah, I'm just saying that she's, she's probably like her and some other girl listens to the podcast. No, I'm sure we have substantial stats that would be incredibly weird if... 69,000 <laughs> There's a lot nine, of guys who look like to 69,999 regular males <laughs> listen to this show. So basically a 69 with a lot of nines? <laughs> Seriously? Wait, 69% so, males? No, I imagine it's probably higher than that, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Anyways. We didn't, name, we didn't think about the naming. <laughs> I, yeah, I we, can't believe that we're 36 <laughs> minutes in and the most related to video games we've touched so far is that the Castlevania series one of us watched is based on a video game ID. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's try to try to wheel ourselves. Matt, into, you gotta keep us updated about this. This is another I feel it's like very important. Matt, Matt adventure. Oh, it's God. the one and only video game content <laughs> on the show. Yes. If you're not going to play video games, Matt, you got to come to the table with something. Listen, it's been three days since we recorded the last one. I've been moving into my new apartment. Oh, that's right. I'm in my new apartment. Yay. It's echoey. But it's fine. Awesome. Oh, oh, God. Okay. So the sexiness is back. I played more Cowboy Simulator 2018. Mm. Is, is it still really slow? Yeah, it's really slow, but I'm still enjoying it. 
All I've done is complain about it constantly, but yet still I really I can't stop playing it. Hmm. It's the like when you do the missions, actually, the missions are a lot of fun. And some of the missions now I'm getting into, now I'm a bit more into the game, uh, have been really fun and really cool. Um, and I kind of have become sadistically obsessed with doing all the mundane shit in that game, like cleaning my gun. Can you and see yourself going all the way through and actually hitting the maybe final mission? I played it for six hours on Sunday, which for me is like it's the longest sitting. session I've which is the longest session I've had in a while. So it's it's I don't know. I just I like being Arthur Morgan, I think. I like being that character and walking around talking to people. Um It's a lot less boring than Castlevania season two. <laughs> I th- I think one thing that I have thought about this week a lot, and a lot of people have been talking about it a bit more now. The game has been fleshed out with a lot of players. Is compared to other Rockstar open worlds, this is by far the most beautiful, and obviously it's the biggest as well. Although it doesn't feel it at times, um, it's by far the most uh, unnecessary. I don't want to say I don't want to say bad, but it's unnecessary. It's unnecessarily big, because although you might think there's a lot going on in the world, and people would argue that there's a lot of things that happen outside the world, they are the same three things all of the time, which is people on horses or on stagecoaches on the trail that you do the same thing of robbing, avoiding getting a bounty, which is super hard, and then you sell the horse or carriage or take or loot them and then dispose of their body. That's that's that is the, like the main thing that happens when you go out into the open world. The second is hunting. It's the same deer, the same rabbits, the same birds. Hunting is a necessary part of the game to like supply your camp and also to get meat for Arthur and it is quite fun hunting animals but you know it's the same every time. You know you stumble across a couple of deer, you chase them down a hill. You dead-eye them and shoot them as clean as possible, and it's over. And the third one is finding, like, these random NPC instances, which are meant to be, like, people you stumble across in the world. Should I leave for 20 minutes and come back? No, I don't worry. I I won't go on about it too long. But (laughs) there's these people that you can help. Okay. Okay? Yeah. But I thought there would be, like, hundreds of these different instances but the game you can check it in the stats and i i've you know i've only played the game for about 20 hours and i've done most of that doing other things but i've found 18 of the 25 instances there's only 25 different instances so i've came i've come across the same generic dude who has a snake bite and needs like venom either being sucked out of him oh, oh. Or, Wait a minute, do you do the sucking? Yeah, you like suck his leg. Oh no. <laughs> no way. Or you give him some health tonic. So I've come across that same guy three times. It's a different male model every time, but do you it's lose still this a health same tonic boys. when you give him a health tonic? Yes, you lose a health tonic. But So you rather rather do the, can you choose to suck it out then? Yeah, you can. I can't remember what is, happens. Is I there a suck it. button? Yeah, there is a suck button. Suck the venom out is one of the buttons. <laughs> but the thing yeah, is about the game. The back. 
is there is Press no... the suck button. <laughs> Episode 47. <laughs> it, is a, it is a Rockstar game. I mean, come on. There's got to be some sucking. Oh. You, could literally, you could literally get blowjobs in GTA V, so... Oh, come on, Matt. I wasn't going for the easy dig. Well, I mean, you kind of did, anyway. Oh, that's true. You did both. <laughs> I did both. But you there's no point in not helping them out, because it's so easy to help them out. And then when you're near, like, a like a general store or a gunsmith in the game, sometimes they'll be there, and they'll let you get any item for free from that store on their tab. So you can get the most expensive item in the store, which is usually, like, weapons or outfits, which are, like, hundreds of dollars, for free. So there is That's no incentive not to help them. That's adorable. Well, it is, but it's supposed to give you the moral choice about, like, shall I take five minutes to help this person, or shall I, like, loot their corpse, or whatever. But there is literally no reason not to help them. You just, like, give the guy a health tonic, and then, like, two hours later, you go to a store, and he's there, and he's like, hey, I remember you, thanks for helping me. Uh, you, you can get anything that's on my tab. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get a $170 suit. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I... I don't know, given the offer, I feel like I'd walk out of the store with, like, a new store. He's gonna be like, what did you get? Did you buy yourself some nice coffee? He'd be like, oh, I went one better. <laughs> Spent all your savings on a suit. But, so there's no reason not to help them. But going back to the open world part is that's all there is. The world is huge, and it's, but it's just hills and trees and rivers. And it looks pretty. And it's great for turning on cine- cinematic mode, but that's it. That's all it is. There's nothing else. It's there. just kind of like generated wilderness. Yeah, it is generated, but you it it's very Rockstar specifically designed world, so it gets recognizable. It's not like just generic copy and paste environment. It's definitely meticulously designed and placed. Yeah, because so GTA Five didn't have that generated feel, even though it did have the. Like big satellite terrain. Yeah, but even then, chunk. you still have like recognizable landmarks. Mm-hmm. It's not like a game like I don't want to say like Sleeping Dogs or maybe Saints Row, where it is very much like copy and pasted city textures all over the place. There's no sense of area that you're in. Like in like yeah, what's what cool I'm, about what RDR fearing... is when you know you're near the camp, you can tell not by looking at your map, but because you are aware of your surroundings, you you recognize where you are, which is weird to which, say. Which because I you would think hope, I, I hope that means they like didn't do the the fuel thing of just procedurally generating miles upon miles of wilderness that can all quite often, by the freak of nature, coincidence of the generation, look exactly the same. I mean, there is obviously parts that look the same. It's it's the West, so a lot of it is just like trees and and dirt but it's as i said it's still like rockstar design so it is very much you recognize where you are because they like they've hidden landmarks or stuff that you would recognize as the player subconsciously so you get Mm -hmm. a good sense of place other games ignore this design point and they just like think making a world is about like you know placing textures randomly and editing it on iteration and stuff like that but the point being that because it's so empty and because sometimes when you're trying to do missions you have to go from one area to another and the fast travel system in this game is fucking rubbish, 
riding your horse is great, but when you're just trying to do missions because you want to, you know, get through the game and you and your horse moves so slowly and you're fucking mashing the X button to go across, the world is way too big for what it needs to be. The city, the the towns in that game are way more interesting, and they're but they're so far apart from each other that it's a bit aimless at times. So the the world has been has been a bumming me out a little bit. Like sometimes I'll uh, I'll like basically before we started recording this, I was playing the game for an hour and I was doing a mission for John, and he wanted me to get a wagon, take the wagon to the other side of the map, which meant I had to leave my horse behind where I got the wagon. So I went all the way across the map without my horse and took this wagon to a hiding place. And then I had to go all the way back to the camp to meet John, but I didn't have my horse because my horse was on the other side of the map. So then I had to run halfway across the map, found a guy with a horse, killed him quietly. Wow, murder. Got his, took his horse and then I had to ride all the way back to my camp. Then my horse magically did the video game thing where it appeared there, but it wouldn't appear when I wanted it and I was trying to whistle it. So I spent half the time just running across this giant map and I ran out of time and couldn't finish the mission before coming to record here. And that was an hour. Wow. So, that sounds like a good been, game. I mean... No, but it, it is. But it, I think a lot of people... Most comments are about like how clunky it is and how the user design experience, like the UI and stuff, is pretty bad. I, I don't understand. This game got perfects. This game got tens. This yeah. game is game of the year. I don't understand yeah. why why you're saying these bad things about this game. I thought the game know, was Matt. perfect. This Maybe game I'm is flawless. A I'm a cretin, Matt. Okay. I, a crouton? But like a, like a lot of people <laughs> like what? a lot of cretin? people have been comparing it to is Breath that of the Wild. a UK way of saying it? Cretin? Cretin. Is that, is that a UK cre- UK thing? Cretin. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm familiar with cretin. Yeah, I think you guys call it Cretan. I didn't... Uh, huh. You Cretan. Cretan. <laughs> wow, <Cretin>. okay. <laughs> Cretan, sounds, Cretan sounds like a drug to me. If, or you, it could be like... Yo, let me get that Cretan. Or it could be like creatines. That's that's creatine. 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 If, if you've been feeling a diminished quality relationship with your dad lately, ask your dad about Cretans. <laughs> Or croutons. <laughs> Ask your dad about croutons. I don't know what to make our title. Okay, anyways, there's um, video games we can anyway, talk about. Anyway, RDR is pretty good. It's not perfect. It's a f- enjoyable experience that I'm liking, and this probably will be the last episode I talk about it. Well, there you go. Breath Cowboys. of the Wild still has a better vocal. Okay, the thing that I like want to avoid, why I'm scared of them just procedurally generating like a mass scale landmass is that in breath of the wild it felt empty to, to no me, to, these are completely between empty and interactivity like breath of the wild and adios world are both of the similar vein when i talk about meticulous design those worlds were designed they weren't copy and pasted both of them show examples of designers looking at the world on a flat surface and then designing hills and landmarks to make the player aware of where they are like in breath of the wild you can pretty much always tell where you are based on like the color of the environment like how high it can be and uh, you know the temperature and stuff like that it's very meticulously designed to be like different um 
I, I don't want to say continents, but you know, like the, you've got the like Arctic and you have the desert and all that kind of thing. RDR is very similar like that. It does good use of color and also uh, scale in the way it designs things. But the thing is, Breath of the Wild for all its flaws that you may complain about, it has a lot of interactivity with its world. Some of that interactivity is really boring, but the fact that you can chop down trees, set things on fire, make like, you know, chop down a tree, roll that log into enemies or roll that log into a river, then use it as a bridge or use it for like wood to start a fire, to go flying. Like there's an interactivity to the world that doesn't matter where you go on the map, it's always interactive. Whereas RDR, unless you have NPCs that are the same NPCs or animals that appear every time you go on the trail, when you go out in the world, there is nothing to interact with. That's what I mean by empty. It's aimlessly big because there is nothing to interact with. You're just riding through grass fields compared to Breath of the Wild. So why do you think they made it so big? Because they sell copies. If you say you have the biggest map in video games, people are going to buy it. Also, Rockstar have a reputation to keep up for having ginormous maps. They've tried to be true to the word. They try to create like a Western and part of being a cowboy was being inconvenienced by the fact that you didn't have an automobile. I, I have heard people lament the game uh, 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 going out of its way to almost default for to try and be for, for, as for blowing feature creep and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, scope, it's scope its scope is far too big for what it wants to achieve. It's enjoyable to see it try, like it's that's why people are so enthralled by it. But it does. I would say it more misses than hits most of the time with some of the stuff it tries that's new. But anyway, anyway. it's still it's an enjoyable experience. We'll we'll we'll, we'll hear about it again whenever Matt whenever plays it, it. it appears. Yeah. Also, when when it shows up on the gameplay queue, uh, God of War came in this week. I played it for a day. I, I don't know if I have anything substantial to add to your previous impressions of it. More or less, a lot of George, time was spent... did you do spent, combat? Yeah, a lot of time was spent with my eyes like widening out and being like, oh my god, Liam was right. See? It's, it's awkward. It took six I mean, it's months. it's not the worst thing in the it world, took six but months it's a little here. awkward. I feel vindicated. Yeah, it's it's very strange playing a game that very much seems like a, a beat 'em up. Like you walk into circular arenas, they get closed up that bad guys spawn into in like two or three waves until you beat them all. Then the gates open up and you move on. Like like you're playing DMC or you know God of War, except it has that <laughs> camera angle. It's like it's like when. Like, like they they picked the wrong engine or control scheme for the genre of the game that they're using. I remember when I played Metal Gear Solid Survive, which turned out to emphasize melee combat way more than than the 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 gunfighting you would typically expect in that series of setting, and how you had to point and aim a crosshair to swing your character's axe. Like, you had to aim and shoot your, your melee attacks. This one feels like you're aiming and shooting a crosshair to make your guy swing with melee attacks instead of it kind of being a soft lock influenced by the direction of your movement stick free-floating camera. Yeah, it definitely it's feels weird. like a bit of a first-person shooter, but the bullets are just mm -hmm. like an axe. That's... <laughs> strange and and it's it takes time to turn 
if if bad guys are coming at you from multiple angles, I'm I'm like mashing the dodge button and slowly like, like creaking Kratos over. I can change the sensitivity and there is a quick turn button, but by default for a game that emphasizes a melee combat system, they have you turning very slowly with with a degree of precision and time required that's more akin to a first person shooter or i mean r- more like a third person cover shooter like the whole last of us shtick that that got incorporated into making this game and then on the other ha- side of things though the the emotional language of its visual storytelling is so gosh darn effective because they can get away with that we never cut away from from one shot to another gimmick <sighs> i'm happy i feel like i can i can sleep well tonight wow wow after all this time you can finally sleep yeah, well yeah. tonight i am happy to to solve this problem for you liam i feel like we've We've slain a demon here today. If, <laughs> if you have not been able to sleep for six months because you didn't know no. if I would more or less repeat I the same thing crazy. you already said about God of oh, War. I thought it was crazy. People saying the camera was fine. It's like, no, it wasn't. He's pulling out of it. I mean, I can't see myself quitting the game because, like I said, I don't think it's the worst terrible thing. It just, It's just the kind of situation where after the first day of playing the game, I'm like, oh. Oh, I can see what people complain about the most here. Like, like something that seems like a glaringly more questionable des- core design decision than the rest of the package. Are you gonna finish it? I think so. The other thing about wait, renting no, is, of course, you're gonna finish it because we finish games here on Dan. No, but, but the thing the is, is, the number one podcast for 100% completion. Yes. <laughs> Which is why we're not associated with the completionist. We should um, have Gerard on the show one episode just to, like, kick us into gear. Well, Matt's pretty good at finishing games. Well, me and yeah, George. Yeah. He should is, kick me into gear to finish games, and he should kick George into gear to actually just, like, finish an episode of a TV show. Since it's a rental, it's a different mentality. I don't feel obligated to do all the no, optional stuff. No, you, you are obligated. Okay? The side quests... Save the puppy that's in the tree. Uh, and Yakuza Save the Puppy is a main quest. I, you can't have a puppy that can potentially die and it just be some optional that a player can throw away. All puppies must be saved. George Weedman, 2020. <laughs> that's my campaign slogan. Anyways. By the way, I, I put dad and sons in Google yeah. um, just to see if our podcast uh, comes up. And it's the first one. But there's also a lot of dad and sons uh, companies around me. Yes. Uh, automotive, Dan and Sons Customs. I wonder if Dan and Sons is, is construction Japan. crew. There's there's a Dad and Sons Etsy shop. Holy shit, Dad and Sons Japan Google as well. Dan and Sons the Bunny Hop podcast. There you we, go. I think we should sue all these people. <laughs> it looks like we're getting a little too greedy. <laughs> too greedy. When have we become greedy? I don't know. We gotta get to greedy first before we become Maybe the sons will find out one day. So, last but not least, before we move on to the news, I see I see that Liam's been playing more Soul Calibur. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to talk about the character creator, which turns out to be Godlike. that I think Liam might actually agree with me on the most fun part of that game. Yeah, 100%. 
I pretty much spent all weekend until Sunday evening playing Soul Calibur character creator. Like not even not even the matches. Yeah, I would play like five yeah, matches with a friend. And then <laughs> I, I would go back to six hours of creating characters. I really wonder what the ratio looks like. Like if I tallied up all the time it's I'd so spent actually fighting and all the time I actually spent slightly adjusting the logo on Mike and Jay's lightning fast VCR repair patches that are actually some like weird Chinese characters gooped up on top of each other to look like a slightly vague representation. Um, have you seen? I made, I'm kind of, I was kind of annoyed though, because the first character we made turned out to be the best one and we could never emulate how godlike our first creation was. What was it? What was it? It was uh, Guts from Berserk. Ooh. Classic choice. I think I've seen a Guts with with Siegfried's sword, which makes perfect we, sense. I, I've, I feel like there's probably a lot out there of... I... I you know, you know yeah, there's a yeah. few gutses. Um, yeah, there's definitely a few gutses out there, but I was pr- you, I was pretty impressed with I was pretty impressed with what we could come up with. Have you have you had a matchup against like a penis lizard man or or the cube? No, but we did <laughs> we we did spend a good like uh, lunchtime uh, watching Soul Calibur character uh, creator like showcases. Did did any did my did my naked snake show up at all? No, but there was some hella good ones out there of like Kamina from like Tengen Topper Lagan and uh some kill the kill characters. A lot of anime characters of course. But man, it was good. It's wonderful it so much seeing fun. seeing custom characters that so clearly and transparently have to fit a default um body type underneath the costume like like half the fun is is how bad and janky like like a crappy dollar store ripoff version of the character it ends up looking like yeah when when you make yourself and you have to um <laughs> cut corners a little bit because the hair isn't like exactly how your hair is or your pectorals are 5000 times larger than your actual pectorals and you come up with these characters that you know resemble you as a person, but like an over-exaggerated anime, muscular, jank version of you. It's really cute. It's so funny. It's like and then w- also... when you fight with them, it's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best damn marketing gimmick. It's I so think good. That game, they could that have game possibly given this release. Into, the game will carry on into the aeons. It Not really on its s- fighting skills, but because of the character it, creator. It surprises me how much it caught on because Soul Calibur Five actually had more options as in its character creator. But since the rest of the package was so unappealing, you didn't see this big social media meme blitz. It's the sharing of, world, you know. Soul Calibur Five was on also PlayStation Three, so. successfully commercial release that, yeah, yeah, yeah fit fit the the demands and standards and, and platforms of the time is is important too. But it was good. Um, it's so enjoyable. I've been going through more of the single-player story modes, and the paradigm going on with that. <laughs> I know, right? But but Soul Calibur single-player modes were quite, like, 
intriguing and and complete and fun and the primary draw in the previous games there was a really interesting like almost pre dark souls sort of unique two video game storytelling going on where you would find out subtle hints about the complicated relationship this, the characters have with one another and the differing perspectives they have on soul edge by reading their character profiles going through galleries of artwork you would unlock in the mission mode and also picking up on weird clues from their costuming like the first time i was reading a description in the game about soul edge an evil sentient mutant demon sword and saw the eye on nightmares sword blink and and i put two and two together and was like oh oh it felt like i had discovered the coolest thing in the world and and then you go into character profiles you unlock and read about how like ivy decided that she needed to seek out the 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 secret blade but wanted to make her own version of it to help her in the process and and that's how her sword is all freaky and magic and her moveset that you play with and here here you have modes where Ivy opens her mouth and declares that in a room to herself, and it sounds so much more stupid than reading it in a flavor text that's kind of like magically disconnected from the character's uh, uh, faces and potential dialogue delivery. And Soul I feel Calibre like that's is pretty like that anyway, though. It is pretty, oh. pretty stupid. No, I fun. feel like that's that's a quality to the series now that's been yeah, lost that's what in I mean. time it's because it's, it's become. But and I remember back. But in, even like cheesy dialogue things now in that game are just a part of its weird charm. They've they've always had like a really cheesy English dub, but in like the turn of the millennium, when when your Dreamcast fighter lineup was was Soul Calibur and Third Strike, and and and. Mark of the Wolf. like Whoa, that's a pretty good lineup. It is a pretty good lineup, but fighting games also have historically, stereotypically, and um, as an archetype almost, had terrible stories. And Soul Calibur was the exception. Soul Calibur was the one and two, or the one fighting game you could play if you cared about going through a story as a single-player experience. And now, having these these visual novel... Uh, cutscenes that explain what I thought was a cool story is making that story look so much more stupider than what I remember. It is really shameful and embarrassing, and I, I, I don't know if I like it. I'm just gonna stick to the character creator. I'm I'm going through the Libra of Souls mode, and it's really easy, so easy to the point where it's kind of a slog. The Soul Chronicles are full of that kind of dialogue that's that's almost i don't want to say like ruining the appeal of these characters but it makes them sound like idiots whenever they talk their with their mouths and and speak and i'd rather just have a vaguer story like like uh, keep it keep it more abstract and and bound to menus i suppose i I, I don't like saying that, but but for this case, for for nailing a single-player fighting game, I guess you can only go in the direction the old Soul Calibers did, or that, like, kick-ass Injustice style where, like, every new fight is a seamless cinematic cutscene, seamlessly cutting in from, from the previous fight of a story that just continues to go on for hours as soon as you start it off. Anyways, that's cool. I don't know if you guys play those, but they have a... Uh, 
<laughs> a unique and fun version of making single-player fighting games fun. That might be a better way to carry the torch than following the Soul Calibur model at this point. I think it's more about just not wanting to play against the CPU. I don't really enjoy playing against the CPU in fighting games at all. For some reason, the Soul Calibur 6 default difficulty is easy as P. That's every fighting game that's ever existed. For real? Yeah. That's that's a shame. Anyways. Do we have do we have any final grievances we want to air before before our break segment? The the final non-sponsor filled break segment in which I uh, The final battle. I I I comb the internet for a fun novelty commercial instead of doing the real <laughs> the real deal. Three souls collide as everyone comes to the arid deserts in the journey for the soul edge. I love the, the the commentator narrating the introductionary sequences. I've always enjoyed that about Soul Calibur. It's so stupid, but great. He's so bombastic. 900 souls have come on board of a ghost pirate ship uh, in the we, middle of are nowhere. Are we on break right now? Maybe. Probably. Yeah, oh, 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 in that case, yes. Peter Boyle is a tough, ill-mannered cop who is run down in the line of duty. But that's not the end of his story. No, no. He's reincarnated. Ha! Surprise! As a streetwise bulldog in Puchinski. What are you going to do now? Well, first I'm going to try licking myself, and then I'm going to catch my killer. The talking dog teams up with his astonished former partner to put the bite on crime. It's touching. Look at me. I've become a dog. It's all sinking in now. It's poignant. But it's life. It's precious life. It's unforgettable. You're a dog. I'm a cop. This is ridiculous. Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, our wonderful, cozy podcast, in which we try to be a little more um, um, positive about the uh, topics that make, make us gamers so mad. Topics such as... Blizzard making a, a crappy-looking mobile spinoff of Diablo, and the audience and the crowd they announced it to not taking it very well. I I I weirdly wonder if this can be like maybe the one case where where I can I can give the angry mob in the crowd some benefit of the doubt because those are very enjoyable clips to watch uh, that guy that yeah so explain this to me so i i saw this in mm. passing when i was out working right so so for people who don't know the specifics uh what happened is blizzard hosted their annual fan meetup convention costume contest tournament blizzcon and had a I don't want to call it a press conference because it's not technically a press event, but basically a similar sort of of show with uh, reels of trailers and, and executives announcing each new one before they go up. One of it, the trailers of which was a mobile spinoff made by a Chinese partner that looks oh. like looks about as fun and great as any typical shitty mobile spinoff. Whoa, uh, I think that's unfair. I think that is totally it is. unfair. It is. It is. It's like, a prejudice. The trailer it's an looks good. I'll admit it. The gameplay looks like Diablo. I feel like that's unfair to say. And and I think one my one of the great fallacies of of having the reaction that they did that 
colors so many things wrong with the video game market is fucking wait until it comes out before making your serious judgments. It's not that hard to not pre-order shit or I, I guess worry that much about the apocalypse. Yeah, that's beforehand. totally why I don't get why you said you agree with the fans. Because because I can appreciate the opportunity these fans had taken to uh, like put themselves out in real life in front of cameras and and break the over-commercial scripted reality that so many of these shows posit. I, I... You mean that one guy? There, there was... We're, we're, we're two guys who formed the, the filmic backbone of this saga. There's, there's Redshirt, who, who asked during a and a is, is this Man, a belated April Fool's if, joke? If you can find it. They're punchy. I will admit, they're they're no, they're funny. They're snappy. That guy's a dick. That guy's like an A grade dick. People well, work hard on that game. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. But to be straight up in front of like a thousand other people and be like, basically insulting them, saying you're, what you're working on is a joke. With one not having played the game yet. Fair enough, if you have an opinion about a game, if you've played it, that's fine. Based on a fucking one-minute trailer to then insult people about what they've been creating for probably, like, a year, it's just like, fuck off, dickhead. Wait, like, I'm looking at this gameplay trailer, this is what they booed? Because it looks pretty good. Yeah, I know, right? I, I would not play it because it's on phone. Yeah, but that's that's, 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 that's the beginning that, you, and the end of you it. Basically right just, there. You basically just said why everyone's angry. Yeah. Oh, so it's you so be- good. Like, your trailer looks so good, but oh, we can't play it because it's on the phone. We know right, right. And, and we're not That comes with that stigma. The, mm. the, the time and the era of cell phone games being a brave new frontier of creative new spins on, jo- on established beloved genres is long past. And the audience's immediate reaction was was something that I I still feel is like what what anyone would have been thinking inside of their head anyway. I get it. I don't. I, I get it. I yeah. don't play mobile games, but as Matt as Matt was just the perfect example of this <laughs> because he'd not seen it, he'd not done anything. He's impartial to this whole thing. He watched the trailer, said it was cool, and then said he's not going to play it because it's on phones. That is a fair enough point. This happens regularly. Shitty cell phone spinoffs of, of beloved IPs or something that was announced, like, <laughs> every single year at the Bethesda, the Bethesda show at this point. And this is weird. This is super weird because everyone knows I'm not... I, I like Blizzard games, but I'm not, like, a huge Blizzard fan. I've played a lot of Hearthstone. i played Heroes of the Storm. I've liked WoW in the past. It's it, They are... No one can deny this. A consistently good company. They pump out incredibly high-quality games like Overwatch, Hearthstone, two of the most popular. And that's the irony. Games. The irony. There's so much irony. There are so many smart people who work at Blizzard who have played this Diablo game for mobile phones. Who probably are like, "Holy shit! We have managed to get Diablo down." in its core elements, an exciting Diablo experience to mobile phones, we can't wait to share this with everyone. Everyone's going to be amazed. <laughs> oh, that's that the marketing pitch. you got to wait till it comes out. But 
no, no, no. If they were not confident in it, there is no way a company like Blizzard, at their own conference, would have made a big stage show and a hoo-ha about it if internally they didn't have confidence in it. Well, Blizzard don't have a track record of doing dumb shit like that. I so, think... Uh, if you are someone who likes Blizzard uh, and you see that, you're going to be like, mm, yes, I'm disappointed about Diablo 4, which we'll get onto in a second. But you're going to be like, well, okay, it's on phone. I'll check it out. But, oh, this, this madness. People yeah, I think stupid. The, the core problem here was actually them announcing it at a fan meetup style event instead of a press style event or shareholder meeting no, style like, event. Like, that's not the point. Like, if you internally there's more, like, there's more. We, I was going to follow up with our... No, 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 no. Because we'll get to the fucking Diablo 4 bit because that's, that's irrelevant to, like, the, the fan backlash of No, no, I think that's a part time. of it, actually. No, no, no. People are disappointed about that. But where else are you going to announce... A part of your... This is no, like, Gears of War, Funko Pop, E3 nonsense. This is fucking Blizzard's own conference where they can do whatever they like, where it's all about Blizzard stuff and upcoming Blizzard stuff. That's another good example, actually. Why would you not talk actually. about this cool... Why would you not talk about this really cool this brand has new echoes. Diablo experience? Of, of the Bethesda conferences in which they would have revealed Fallout uh, Shelter and the, um, the the Elder Scrolls mobile spinoff they announced at E3. And at uh, the, the Microsoft show, there were some like cheapo Gears of War spinoff stuff announced as well. But they did follow announcements of main line sequel installments. Okay, the, so this is where yeah, you can now get into the second part of the story. I think it's more the logistics of the show than anything else. Because... When when Bethesda was going through the motions of their shitty-looking Elder Scrolls mobile spinoff that's coming out, uh, they followed that up with just a teaser-nothing trailer of Elder Scrolls Six to, I guess, soften the blow. And also, that was more of a press-style <laughs> event where they would assume... So they, they also Blizzard opening themselves to up to questions from the fans at E3 sh- shows. All, so all Blizzard needed to do... This is how ridiculous video game fan bases can be at times. <laughs> all Blizzard needed uh, to do was have... A five-second trailer of Diablo and Space. Guess cut, what? Cut, cut the end off. Guess of what? The trailer for the phone game with Diablo, and just put Diablo Four, and it'll be like three years. Yeah. A day later, Jason Schreier comes up with the hot insider scoop. Sources claim Blizzard scrapped plans for Diablo Four video. That basically would have been an interview with um, one of the developers talking about how, yep, yeah, no, we're working on it. After they would have announced Diablo Immortal, it got remo- removed Ooh. from the show lineup for, I guess, some logistical reason. People behind the scenes would know better than, than us now looking at a retrospect through the game of telephones of anonymous sources putting out news stories. But, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's a lot of logistics to to the show that weren't handled well that are also combined with an incredibly psychologically fragile audience driven by the like hyper consumerism of people who are paying $700 tickets to be there and and spending hundreds of dollars of of time to 
show up at this event and, and feeling like they gain some ownership, I guess, over the products from that exchange, which isn't how the market works. I also feel like it should not be surprising to see old successful franchises sell out eventually. Like I said, this is something that's happened repeatedly at tons of press conferences over the past couple of years for a lot of beloved PC gaming brands. Not really a surprise at all. I, uh... I don't know, though. I still... Still, still, still like hearing people take the mic to ask the hard-hitting, uh, critical questions when, when given the chance. The, the you know, um, um, you might have thought he was a dick, but, but man, that guy to me, he's the Vox Populi. No, he's a dick. Okay. I, I don't understand why people get angry about things like this. <laughs> the, the, the fear is that it takes the focus away from the the real big fancy sequels i can see i can see why people get angry about stuff like the gears of war funko pop like it doesn't matter it's it they're still making the next gears it doesn't yeah because now they have the money to outsource the cheap project they can throw at a chinese company and get them to churn it out this would have just proved to everyone with the amazing reviews for the nintendo switch version of diablo 3 that they can make a ported version of Diablo as an experience on portable devices. And with, you know, mobile phones getting more and more powerful, and especially, like, with the new iPad Pro coming out that is as powerful as an Xbox One, supposedly, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, damn. What? Yeah, supposedly. Um, That a game like Diablo, which has daily events, riffs, Daily, like, has a system already preordained into it, like a mobile phone game. Why they wouldn't try that anyway? What I think fans should uh, rightly be angry at is a system of hyperinflated budgets and poor management that ramps up the amount of time and money it takes to make a Diablo sequel into a territory that can extend past a whole entire decade. Because, man, back when Blizzard was you know, small, cute, uh, charming upstart. They were churning Diablo 1 and 2 out over a period of, like, three years, and with the same feature creep and scope creep that crept into the whole video game industry around the seventh generation that, like, kind of sort of established the AAA budget style we know today, that was associated with there being this, like, ten-year gap between these games now. It's even super... What's even weirder and more ironic to me is... I've been lucky enough to interview David Brevik, who is the creator of Diablo. And when I spoke to him, that guy fucking loves mobile games. Oh so no, even, like, the fans probably don't want to hear that either. The creator of Diablo himself <laughs> likes mobile games a lot. Like, one of his favorite games is Pokemon Sun and Moon, because it's portable. And it's an RPG that's portable. Does that, that count as a mobile game? If it's no, no, but like that, the, off the back of that, the portability... Right, a, a core RPG experience that's portable. He also talked about mobile games. Like that was massively appealing to him. So on 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 better news, there's there's I guess a nice uh, 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 a good thing Blizzard is doing that I doubt anyone has any objections to whatsoever, and that removing is giving comments, away stuff for dislikes. free. Yeah. Oh, I, I think. <laughs> wait, I was actually looking at one of those links earlier, and it looked. Paranoid as fuck. Anyways, I you can't remove dislikes from YouTube. I don't know what kind of magical corporate conspiracy that would entail, but I can't. 
<laughs> no, you can't because you're I not can't. Blizzard. <laughs> that's the assumption isn't it that's the conspiracy <laughs> anyways uh blizzard yeah. is giving away copies of destiny 2 pc version for free to everybody oh and Yay. all you need to do to qualify is be a part of their client launcher which i don't know if the three of us have Overwatch or not, but in my case, it was something that they were able to sneak into an install with Overwatch. So, uh, you guys want to play Destiny? You guys want to try um, it? The problem with mean, this is I it doesn't it come with the expansions, does it? No, it I doesn't. I guess I not. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt yeah, it. 110% doubt it. It's so weird that my first reaction to hearing news of free game being given away, just click on the button. And me actually clicking the button is not, oh, yay, free game. It's, oh, do I have time for this? Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing with both Destiny, they're like real good after the expansions, right? Yeah, they're not. The vanilla is never good. I mean, there's only been two games, but yeah, vanilla for the two games that haven't been so good. The only bit of Destiny I played was the, the alpha for the first game, and I did not like it at all. It, it's Same. <sighs> so my hopes aren't high, which is why I didn't react like, yay, free game. And It I makes mean, me yay, feel free so game. bad. If you don't have money, honestly, go I know, go, it's like go, I'm, go I'm, it. I now have an objectively better video game collection at no cost to myself. It makes me sad that that I'm not more excited than I am, and that I might also just not have time for that. Well, I already, I already have it, and I already played through it, and um, the story sucks. It it really does. I I can say that like it it, it sucks in my opinion. It sucks in a lot of people's opinions. Um, and the gameplay is is kind of the same. Um. It's it's not a game that I like to play by myself, and I don't know what that says about the game. I mean, we've we've talked about this on this podcast, you know, playing with yeah, friends with anything, yeah. you know, is fun with anything. But like, you know, it's definitely a game that you want to have friends with, especially when you get after the story. When you start playing after the story, you want to do heroics, you want to do Nightfall and all that. Uh, you need people, and the the there wasn't a matchmaking system for a lot of those when I was playing uh, when it first came out. So you kind of just hit this wall, and you have to use like an LFG site just to get a party going. And the community for Destiny is a little it's a little oh, off. Oh no! Yeah, it, it's not. It's not bad. It's just a little off. You know, it. it oh, you don't have this. Oh, you're not using this. Uh, I never have to deal with it too much, but you know, when you do deal with it, you're just like, eh, I don't feel like I just want to play with friends who, who, who are not <laughs> dicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because I'm gonna say something. It's like, all right, yo, chill, relax. Relax. You over the internet. You need to, you need to calm down with that voice. All right. You ever uh, get 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 a weird, awkward experience where you're playing games with a friend and they're just like way too mean to the bad guys? No, like I like they're my just like very wisely, George. <laughs> really, really, you've never like oh, wait, sat on the couch. Wait, how did we end up here then? With with 
uh, talk about like multiplayer games and their their community sometimes being slightly off. I I, I don't know if you guys ever had one of those friends who would or start they'll be like playing oh, whatever first person. Your, oh, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna blast my yeah, shotgun I'm just right like, up your ass like that type of stuff. As as they're like shooting the corpse of of the bad guys before even after the fight is done and they're good, and I'm just like sitting there. Kind of like shrunk on the couch with like my face forcing a neutral expression, being like, "Okay, if this person thinks this is a normal way to play I, video games, I get um, like that with Gears I, of War. I guess War. I'm not able to judge. Well, you get like Gears of War multiplayer, not not with not oh. with uh, you know regular whatever. You know, come to think of it, I do remember some some very colorful trash talk back in our dive oh, kit yeah. days. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When I oh man when. <laughs> Well, you know, people like to feel themselves in, in Gears of War. Whoever played Gross. Gears of War for a quite really, a they while, do that over they know the what I'm to each about. other. They and feel then, themselves, okay. and you just they feel themselves. Ooh, you just shoot on them. You just and you just blast their body, and they're watching you. And then you just they feel go themselves on the wall and start teabagging them, them and... the wall. <laughs> All right. It's so good. It's so so good. It's it's all a sex metaphor too, and, apparently. And they they do it back to you, and then you get mad, and you do it back to them, and yeah, it's it's it it, it gives you energy. <laughs> it sounds like a quality way to spend yeah, time. Yeah, quality, quality. Yeah, it's boring when none of that stuff is happening, in my opinion. Well, in that type of oh. game, anyway. I wouldn't say I want that in all the speaking. Games, yeah. Speaking of sarcastically dunking on quality wow. Wow. and 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 spending your time listening to uh, good good quality entertainment that's totally not boring, um, it's time to to open some fan emails. All right, uh, let let me get the bag real quick. Those electronic mails that you keep in this burlap sack here on the floor of All our, right. uh, our, our shared here? co-op studio space. Yes. Sift through them. Okay. First email. Uncrinkle the server. All right. We got a uh, message from Josh H. who says, Hi there, longtime dad, first time son. Recently my friend's cat of 22 years was put down. That uh, cat lived a good life, long life, and truth be told, everyone seemed prepared for his death. I can't help but think about my own various run-ins with death, like with my dogs who lived long enough to be unable to eat their Wait, food what? and ended up starving. <laughs> I've lost relatives wow. before to breast cancer and suicide, Wait, but what? I feel like the death of a pet hurts more. <laughs> Your relationship with the pet is almost universally positive, and it feels impossible not to feel some pain when... Such a positive light vanishes so, so suddenly from your life. Anyway, death is dumb. Why do British people keep trying to say English muffins are a good breakfast? They're just shitty biscuits. Thoughts? Um, Comments. Wait, what wait, wait, wait. what do we have cat, for, for Josh here? was 22? Do they live that long? Uh, that's a yeah. good innings. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good lot innings. Of, that's a lot of, lot of lives cashed in. And okay, English muffins. Sorry for the loss of the cat. By no, the way. forget the cat. English muffins, though. Oh my god, English muffins are of course yeah, taste good with dead cat. Liam, I feel like you got you got either called out or like victimized by some stereotype language here. I don't, care. I don't particularly here. care for English muffins. Crumpets. 
A way better. Oh, yeah, see, there's some British people who don't fit your magical stereotype no, of everyone. Also, they're not biscuits. What are you talking about? They're not biscuits. What is he on about biscuits? Anyway, they're not biscuits. What's I don't think what he... Kind of biscuits are you okay, eating? I'm going to need you, uh, uh, Josh, I'm going to need you to go to the supermarket. Publix, Kroger, Vons, Skater Boys... <laughs> Um, um, what's in what's Albertsons, in Britain? Whatever, whatever's what's, in your area. What's what's the big grocery store mm-hmm. chain? Go to the bread section and go English muffin. Go go pick yourself up a nice little set of a uh, uh, six because that's usually what they come in, right? Put put that in a toaster. Let it get <laughs> let it get nice and crispy at the edges, but not too much. And get some, get some of your favorite spread and just rub it on there. Take a bite. Give your muffin a good old mm. scrubbing. Mm-mm. Mm. That's a good muffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on. We got an They're email from... Wait, wait, wait. That's it. Oh. That, that another package from, right. from Stefan. Stefan. Stefan says, Hey, dads. Was listening to the last podcast and was pleasantly surprised to find out Liam was working at Rockstar Lincoln. I've lived Uh-oh. here almost all my life, and pretty <laughs> much the only time I've heard the city mentioned was when the in-betweeners called our university shit. Preamble shit. aside, well, preamble aside, is QA a good way to get in the industry? I finished uh, university following subjects I was good at, psychology and English, but I'm pretty sure my dream job will be in game dev. I'm currently earning un- learning Unity and Blender with the end goal of working on my own small projects, but would could a QA experience be meaningful on a CV? Does working QA reflect the environment people hire up in development work? Also, no. <laughs> should I just avoid Rockstar Lincoln? <laughs> um, okay, let's bring that up into segments. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter what you did in university, if you are learning Unity and Blender right now and stuff, or you're doing stuff in your free time, that's amazing. That's great. People don't do that. A lot of people think, like, going to university and studying game design and all that kind of stuff will automatically land them a job. It doesn't. Yeah. It's usually, I don't want to say a waste of time, but if you're not doing stuff in your own time, like building up your portfolio or just learning and enjoying it, because if you don't enjoy making games, you will never make a profession out of it, uh, and it'll be. I feel like resumes don't so matter, and that's for like all jobs. Like resumes don't matter. It's more about I, showing them what you can do than anything else. Especially in video games, like if you're online and you're on Twitter, and even if the games you're making are not even that great, at least you're making stuff, which is like. 90% better than everyone else who wants to be a game dev out there. A lot of people just have design ideas in the head and don't do anything with them. You know, they send them into Dad Den and then we use them instead. So, unless it's Blastcore, it's already been made. We get it. Cool. <laughs> anyway, um, QA is an excellent way to get in the industry. It is the lowest rung on the ladder. It, there is none lower. QA is the lowest rung on the ladder, but so many people who are famous video game developers in the world out there right now are people who started out in QA. Um, people who started on franchises back in the day who now do some of the biggest AAA franchises in the world started out in QA. 
QA is an excellent way to get into the industry. It shows you, you learn a lot about how games are made. If you don't understand that already, if you've got a grip of stuff like Unity and Blender, it's great because it means that you're a more valuable member of a QA team. If you're able to do stuff like scripting or you can fix bugs yourself anyway, if you find them and stuff like that, which will help you progress even further. QA is a great way to get into the industry. Following on from that, not avoiding Rockstar Lincoln is silly. Even through the horror stories you've heard, if you are lucky enough to get into Rockstar Lincoln anyway, you should take the opportunity. The people who work there are amazing people, and uh, some of my friends that work there, they are great people, and with the changing that's happening with their hours, based on, you know, Kotaku's work and all that kind of stuff, it should be even better a place to work. I can guarantee you... QA is a great place to start because the people who end up getting into QA are kind of like the whittled down few from thousands. Like I remember when I applied for Rockstar Lincoln, 600 plus people applied for my position and I was the one person who got it. So there was something that Rockstar Lincoln saw in me as a potential for their studio and on beyond that based on the stuff I was doing at the time. So if you can get through that 600, you're already doing better. And QA is a great way to learn from other uh, you know, areas of expertise. Rockstar's maybe not the best way for learning because devs are separate from QA at Rockstar. Um, and in terms of like then following on from that, going to is it the same environment for people who do higher up work in dev? No, it isn't. I don't know about all studios, of course, but no, it usually isn't. QA is like a, almost a factory. Sometimes it's people in, do a project, people out, new people in, rotation. You know, if you stick with it, then you can progress through. But sometimes it burns a lot of people out because QA is a lot of hard work. As everyone says, QA does not get the respect it deserves sometimes for the amount of hours those guys put in. Everyone's been reading about the Rockstar stories. Honestly, go read about the, the go read the Eurogamer and the Rockstar um, and the Kotaku stuff about Rockstar Lincoln. And it'll give you a good idea of what to expect a little bit. There, um, there you go. <laughs> it's uh, ball busting, but it can be worth it. And it is a good way to get into the industry. Um, absolutely. Don't don't snub any job to do with games if you want to do game dev. I, 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 I hope uh, the answer was, was, was thorough. Satisfactory. Uh, 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 enough to, yeah, to, to, to satisfy St- Stefan. All right. Next up is from Axton M. Dear George, Liam, and Matt, what games are you the most worried about properly being preserved before they disappear forever, either old or future games? Is DLC only going to be detrimental to that preservation effort in the future, and is there a good way to combat this? Uh, they go on to give an example of Azura's Wrath, which is a fairly recent Capcom game. And remember that coming out circa like 2008, nine maybe? It's such a good example. Uh, It has a huge DLC issue. While a fantastic game on its own, the fourth and last chapter of the game is locked behind DLC, which gates the players off from the conclusion. Really? It's shipped Uh, like that? There's like an additional chapter of the story. While the DLC is still up now, the PS Now's version does not include the ending, leaving the game incomplete. I worry this will eventually go the way we rare went and leave a great story incomplete. I would say this is a good example, even minus of that, because games like this, which are like good games, but small fan bases, are not worth 
either remasters or being packaged in bundles. So they are the game. They are the type of like double A games that get left to the wayside and everyone forgets about, and then they just fade out of existence. And so and DLC or like not, that. this is like the gray area where those games like Azura's Wrath or Binary Domain and other, uh, you know, maybe Lost Odyssey or something like that, even though that had like the Xbox One backwards compatibility, those kind of good games that are not like top tier AAA games will just fade away, they'll fade out of existence. Yeah, and that's a shame because I feel like it's, it's those products that ride the line between uh massive popular success and also massive popular artistic movement changes that are yeah. the most important to preserve, which Azura's Wrath might be a better contender for than any bestseller. I, I mean, I don't give a... I don't feel like future historians are going to care that much if every single year's Call of Duty is preserved, so much as the, like, quirky games that end up radically changing things in like the long term more than the short term. Everyone wants to human to be oh. saved. <laughs> yeah, but even saying that, you know, going back to the company who made Too Human, they made Eternal Darkness. Eternal Darkness is one of the best GameCube games out there. Which didn't sell much. And didn't There's sell not much. a lot of we'll copies lying around. get a remaster. It had a Kickstarter for a sequel, and that couldn't even raise enough money, because although it's a great game, it's like the the grade underneath like the AAA, and that will just never get touched in the future. Like, if you think about all the games that are getting remastered now, or getting saved by preservation, it's all these giant bundles, but most of the time they're all super popular games already, like Metal Slug or Mega Man and, and stuff like that. It's like games everyone already knows about. Um, yeah, there's no way we're going to get, like, in two years, in, like, ten years' time, like, a PlayStation 6 version of Azura's Wrath. It will just be a game that everyone will be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was really cool. There's DLC with Ryu on the moon where you fought Ryu. That was cool. I wonder if I could play that. Oh, I can't. That and sucks. At, at the same time, like that we're just moving towards a more digitized future and we sure can keep digitized versions of these games. Yeah, that's what's but even weirder. Having is the that hard we... archaeological record is is something that should not be neglected as well in terms of speaking of the preservation that, that's what's effort. Even... That's what's even weirder is is uh, the more we head towards digital, the more there is like no excuse for not for the not to be a digital record of every video game ever made. It's the whole digital meter anyway, which is so much more volatile and abstract and unpredictable. There's a lot of valid theories assuming out there that today's times are going to be regarded as a digital dark age in the future when our paperless records are no longer readable. Which, wow. I don't know, might be quite a long whiles off. Definitely not an hour lifetimes things, because our generation's gonna have the old equipment lying around, even if uh, uh, hard drives start becoming formatted in a fundamentally different way that, that break what is, compatibilities what is the in the future. What is the piece of equipment you have that you could hook up within an hour right now? Well, let's see. There's an NES lying on a f armoire, literally... 10 feet away from me, and that's from the early 80s. I feel like that's a good example right of now? standards. Yeah, like relatively being kept consistent to get old artifact electronics working. You, It has AV cables. You, I mean... What, it's, what, what about you, Matt? What was the oldest thing you could hook up in an hour that you own personally right now? Uh, Nintendo. 
The first Nintendo. I got. Yeah. Uh, there's they a game were stuck really in there, popular. Though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mario Brothers <laughs> is stuck in there, um, and I'm scared That's to hilarious. take it out. I'm scared to kind of open it up and try to take it out. That old freaking toaster. God dang it. <laughs> well, I guess that proves the point then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I prefer sliding in a nice cartridge and. You know, if it doesn't work, you take oh, it yeah. out again, you blow it, and you slide it in again. It's it's so weird that I I think I like digital games and prefer digital games. Me too, but, but I still like physically owning things. In the future, historians are going to think we're really, really weird for like willingly letting go of, of making hard records of things like that. Maybe or depending they're gonna be the on opposite, how. and they're yeah. gonna be like, "Why didn't everyone buy digital versions of each other? It was more efficient and cheaper way of saving the planet's resources, not using all that plastic <laughs> to make all those game cards, it's, all those one billion Red Dead Redemption copies." I mean, I, I could understand the space issue because it's definitely a space issue, especially depending on where you live. And I mean, if you have too much stuff, you just have too much stuff. But there's something about like taking out a a record, seeing the album art, put it on a record player. Yeah, that kind of stuff I get. But like, like with the Switch, for me, it's like if you have yeah, something that's, that's like portable, like that, it's so yeah. convenient. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no one cares about that. <laughs> it's yeah. so convenient to have all of them digitally on your Switch available at any moment. I started doing that with my 3DS back in the day, and most of my 3DS games, I guess within the last two or three years of me using it, were, like, all digital versions. And they tend to run cheaper. It's a little more convenient. It's, uh... I, I think it's the convenience that really sells it to me at the beginning and end of the process. I like not having to go out in the world and confront other people to buy video games. Uh, like that. For me, it's, like, a necessity. I'm happy I live in this digital age because... If I lived in Japan maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't be able to play half of the video games that are available right now. Now that's just 10 years. Only Yeah, only think to back to 2008, downloading Pixel Junk Monsters on your PlayStation Whoa. 3. 2008 was really when it like caught on. That was when I, I participated in my first big Steam sale, I think. That was only 10 years ago. Well, that's, that's the podcast... Thanks, thanks for tuning oh, in, everybody. Man, that's a terrible. Uh, that's terrible. Let's 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 beef that up a little bit. Well, thanks for joining us in this week's Dad Sons. <laughs> we love you all. Now you're uh, just like squeezing it out. At least you can. They can hear the the like sleepy exasperation. No, 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 no. Let's be let's be positive. Go go out there and and for one, uh, you should vote. I guess that's what everyone's saying right now. It's going to be too late by the time this comes out. Well, I'm telepathically telling you all right now on a Tuesday, the day you should be voting. If you can vote, you should vote. After the gym, I'm voting. Uh, And then after that, you know, get yourself like, get yourself your favorite drink. Make make yourself a nice little summer summer. Sit down and play like a game you like. Yeah. Be positive. Don't Don't be angry. Don't Don't go to school. If you... Go play yeah, a game. Take, take the, day, the off. day off. Your dad and sons write you a note. We'll write you a note. Yeah. Take the day off. Play a game you really enjoy. Well, before you play the game, though, please like us. That's true. Or, or review us on iTunes. We need to get those ratings up. We do.
Let's get let's get up to a thousand. Let's get up to a thousand. We're drowning here. Let's get we're drowning in love. Guys. Give us give us some five stars. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Search for Super Bunny Hop second channel, not that main <laughs> channel. Nonsense. Second channel. I know, the one that that gets updates.